This, this week is Parshas Nosoi, where we have quite a bit about Nazir, a Nazarite, which is one who takes a vow not to drink wine, not to cut their hair, not to become impure with contact to dead bodies. And we have a number of Midrashim which are connected to the Nazir. Starting with a Gemara in Nidorim. Omar Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik was uh, the first Kohen Gadol in the time of the second base Hamikdash. He was the first of the Tanoim and the last of the Anshe Knesset Hagedoyla, which is the men of the great assembly in the beginning of the time of the second base Hamikdash. He's mentioned in the second Mishnah in Pirkeyavas. Shimon HaTzadik, who was also a Kohen and a Kohen Gadol, says, I never ate from the sin offering of a Nazir who becomes Tommy. The halacha is that if a Nazir becomes Tommy, he has to bring a sin offering and start his Nazirus again. Only once. One time there was a Nazir came from the south and I saw him, he was really good looking, his eyes were good looking, he looked good, he had hair in beautiful shape here, and this guy looked amazing, and as a Nazarite, when he finishes his Nazirus, he needs a shave from head to toe, so I said to him, my son, what has motivated you to destroy this beautiful hair? You have such beautiful hair, and as a Nazir who finishes his Naziros or becomes Tommy, it has to have a full haircut from head to toe. Omar Li, so this Nazarite, this Nazir tells Shimon Asadik, I was a shepherd for my father in my city. I went to fetch water from a well. I looked at my uh, shadow, my in the mirror, my reflection. A well looks like a, a reflection. I saw my reflection in the mirror. And my my animal inclination, my evil inclination started rushing in on me. And my evil inclination was going to destroy me from the world with my passions. Amarti Loy, I said to my Yetzahara, Rosha, you wicked evil inclination. Lomo Atom is Goya, why are you so haughty? This whole world is not yours. You're so haughty about your reflection. It's not yours. You think this reflection is going to be forever? In the end, this whole beautiful body that I have is going to turn into worms. So why are you getting so excited about it? I swear by the I will shave you off for Hashem, which I will become a Nazir. And when a Nazir finishes his Nazirus, he needs a complete shave. And I will dedicate all the hair, this beautiful hair to Hashem. When Shimon Sadik heard this, he decided that this Nazir was really a sincere guy. Immediately I stood up. And I kissed this Nazir on his head. I said to him, Bini, my son, may there be many Nazirim like you, because most Nazirim were not sincere. 
but you are obviously very sincere. Alecha hakosavaymer, the Pasuk in this week's Seder that says, Ish kiyafli linder nezer, neder nozer lahazer lashem, if somebody becomes a nozer for Hashem. In other words, Shimon HaTzadik is saying, most people who, became, who become a nozer, their motives are not for Hashem. And that's why Shimon HaTzadik as a policy, as a kayin, did not want to eat from their carbonics. But this guy, this guy is sincere. He's the real thing. Maskif Lord Abimani. Abimani asks a question. Why is he only not eating the Osham, the sin offering of a Nazir who accidentally became Tommy? The Osi al that comes because the Nazir did a sin, meaning he made a vow to be a Nazir and he didn't manage to keep his vow. Every sin offering of a nazir don't eat it. Dalchait also every sin, every nazir. The sin offering is coming because there's a certain sin in nazirus, because it says that nazir is a chayte and nazir is a sinner, because Hashem gave you this world to benefit from, and this person is excluding himself from benefiting from the world. Amar says to him, time of the reason is. People make a vow to be a nazir when they regret the way their life is going. When they become tummy, what happens is this guy suddenly decides, I need to control myself and I need to be a nazir. And then as the nazirus is long, he regrets that he's ever a nazir. And if he regrets that he was ever a Nazar, there's a question on the whole vow. So the karbonis of a Nazar are like chulin. They're not proper karbonis because the person regrets his vow. So therefore, Shimon HaTzadik said that for most Nazirim, I didn't want to eat from their carbon because they're insincere. They regret it. One day they want the Nazar and one day they don't want to be a Nazar. So then the Gemara asks, Hi, what about a nazir who's pure to the end and he shaves his hair when he finishes his nazirus, whether it be 30 days or whatever? That's the minimum. Nazirus is 30 days. There's a mission, stam nazirus lamid yoin, or as long as he made himself a vow for. Why is Shimon Asadik eating that one? So the Gemara says, Toher loy toher, a nazir who has finished his nazirus pure, Shimon Asadik did eat his carbon. The Amudi Amid Nafshe, he assessed, yes. I could be a nazir for 30 days or a month or 10 months or a year or 10 years, and I may be able to deal with it. Linder, he assessed, yes, I will be able to make this vow and I will be responsible and carry it through. But the nazir Tomei, obviously, he made the vow and then didn't have the motivation to carry it through, which happens to many people. And therefore, Shimon HaTzadik as a policy did not eat from the carbon of a nazir Tomei, with the exception of this one person with the beautiful hair, who he realized that this person did it to help him fight as Yitzhahara. There is a, the, on the section of Gemara called Agada, the Agadata, one of the famous commentaries is the Chidusha Agadis Marsha, who asks three questions on this Gemara. First question he asks is, Bon Nazir Echad Min It says the Nazir came from the south. So the first question the Marsha has is, why is it relevant that he came from the south? And if he came from the north, from the east, from the west, the main thing is he had beautiful hair, which was causing him to sin, and he wanted to dedicate it to Hashem. Also, a second question. 
It says in the Gemara that he was a shepherd for his father in his city. Again, this seems the main point is that this guy had beautiful hair that he wanted to dedicate to Hashem because the hair is continue causing him to sin. But why is it relevant that he was a shepherd for his father? Gam, a third question. That my Yitzhahara, my evil inclination was catching control on me, rushing on me. To bring me to sinful thought. How does that idea that the my evil inclination is bringing me to sinful thought, how does it got to do with the idea that he's misgoya, that he's arrogant? There's two separate things. Arrogance and sinful thought are separate. Is the issue arrogance or is the issue sinful thought? So Marshaw answers the, that the remez, the hint that he came from the south, there is a gemara that says one who wants to be wise should daven towards the south. So this person was into wisdom. He was a wise, brilliant person. Nevertheless, even though he was a wise person, a, a strong academic person wouldn't really find satisfaction as a shepherd. But nevertheless, he was a shepherd for his father because of the mitzvah of Kibogav. He wanted to honor his father. And even though academically, he could do much more in life than be a shepherd, he was honoring his father by shepherding his father's sheep. Then he goes on to say that he shepherded the sheep in his city. This was a place that everybody knew him. Everybody knew his manlosoi, his positive qualities. Everybody knows this guy is an academic. And yet his father wants him to shepherd the sheep. He is putting honoring his father ahead of his academic achievements. And then he also goes on to say that he looks at his reflection and he sees he has beautiful eyes, nice hair. And as Yitzhahara, his evil inclination starts being arrogant. And he says, such a person like you, brilliant, good looking, is going to be a shepherd. You can find a much better profession. And that's what it means that his Yitzhahara, his arrogance, wanted to destroy him from the world to transgress the mitzvah of honoring the father. In other words, this guy could have done all sorts of amazing jobs, could have been a professor, could have been a big scholar. Why is he a shepherd? to honor his father. It says about honoring the father, you will live a long life. So he was doing the thing that was going to give him a long life, a tremendous mitzvah of honoring a father, which to him was more important than any academic achievements. So he says to himself, why are you being so arrogant? This guy doesn't want to be a shepherd anymore. Why not? He, he, he has the mitzvah of honoring his father, but he doesn't want to be a shepherd to his father. He says, By transgressing the mitzvah of honoring your father, it will, it will hasten your death. Because it says that honor your father and mother, you will then live long. And this guy, wants to stop being a shepherd, stop honoring his father. And by doing this, he's going to shorten his life. And then the Marsha goes on to say, this is like Avshalim. Avshalim had amazing, beautiful hair. And it, and his hair got him to rebel against his father, as there's a whole Gemara in Saita. And that's what the Gemara here concludes, that he wants to be a Nazar for Hashem, that he wanted to shave off his hair for Hashem. To what? To fulfill... It's that he wants to use the here to fulfill the mitzvah of Kibodam, to push away his arrogance and remain in the 
profession his father wants him to do, which is shepherding his father's sheep. And he says, I looked at my reflection and my Yetzirah started bothering me, wanted to destroy me. As it says, who Yetzirah, who Malach HaMovis, the Yetzirah is also the angel of death. He convinces you to do the wrong things and then he wants you to die. As he quotes a Pasuk in Kiddushin, the Gemara brings, the wicked one is waiting for the tzaddik to kill him, trying to kill him. When we say the wicked one is trying to kill the tzaddik, that is the Yetzirah who is looking at the beauty of the tzaddik, looking at his positive qualities. And he wants to use his positive qualities to bring him to do something bad. The Yetzirah knows if he's going to tell you straight out to do something bad, it won't work. So he tells you how wonderful you are. And now because you're wonderful, you could do better things. And he uses your positive qualities to motivate you to do something wrong. Like this guy was very academic and very capable. And the Yetzirah is trying to use his amazing capability to convince him to take a different profession, which the ultimate cause is, so he will die because he's not working on honoring his father. And similar to this, we have in the first chapter of Kiddushin. Another amazing story. Well, of one, question. Yes? one question. <clears throat> Why is uh, davening to the South um, important? Why, why is it desirable? Okay, I don't know. I do know that it does mention that the Menorah is in the South of the Mishkan. The shulchan, the table where the lechem upon him is in the north. And therefore it says that if you want to have light, the menorah gives light, which it says, and ner mitzvah wisdom is connected to light. And therefore um, one who wants wisdom should face towards the menorah. The shulchan, the table which has the lechem upon him is connected to sustenance. And if one wants financial success, they should dive in towards the north. And that's mentioned in Gemara connected to the Menorah and the Shulchan. Do I really know which on this the answer is no? Hashem sits in the West. Um, there's no question that it says the Shechina is in the West. There's no question that it says you should daven towards the Kodesh Kadoshim. There is, however, a concept of moving, of facing a little bit to the North or a little bit to the South, depending if your preference is finance or your preference is uh, academics. Now, um, thank you for your questions. Anybody else is welcome to have questions as well. Another story in Gemara about Nazirus, which I believe we once covered in this year. There's a story, this is a Gemara in Nazir, there's a story about Helni Hamalka, that her son went to war. And she says, if my son comes back from war peacefully, I will be a Nazira for seven years. This Helni Hamalka is going to be a Nazira seven years. And she also had a commitment that she'd become Jewish, which she did in the end, she and her son or her sons. And her son did come back alive from war. So because she made a vow, she converted and became Jewish. And she said, if her son comes back alive from the war, she will be a Nazir for seven years, and she became a Nazira for seven years. She went up to Israel. She moved. She was a queen in whichever country, but then she moved to Israel. 
Mahirua base Hillel and base Hillel instructed her that she should be a Nazir another seven years. So this Hilni Hamalka has already 14 years been a Nazir. At the end of the seven years, she became Tommy accidentally, and then she needed another seven years. And therefore, to fulfill her vow, she was a Nazira for 21 years. Rabbi Yudha says only 14. Now, so this Hilni Hamalka was a queen of whichever country near Israel, and she and her two sons and many of her sons someplace, seven of her sons became Jewish, and she became a Nazira for 21 years. It's well known that her son Munbuz Hamelech became openly Jewish, and he gave most of the treasures of their kingdom to support the poor in Israel. Okay, now, however, we're going to have an early story of the conversion of her two oldest sons. There was a story about Munbuz Hamelech who bizotus bonov shall Talmai Hamelech. You have these two boys, and they were sons of Talmai Hamelech. Now, Talmai Hamelech is a, a Greek Egyptian king. The Greek Empire, after the death of Alexander the Great, split in three one part in Greece, one part in Egypt, one part in Syria. Antiochus from the story of Tanakh is in Syria. And Munbuz and his sons, Bizotus, Munbuz, Bizotus, and Talmai are all in the Egyptian uh, Greek Empire. They are Bonov Shal Talmai Hamelech. They're the sons of this Talmai. And this Talmai had uh, decreed to the, translate the Torah into Greek. He himself was not pro-Jewish, but he wanted to know about the Torah, and he had the Torah translated by 72 elders in Greek. And his two sons were Yoshvim Vekoidin Besefer Bereshis. They were sitting and studying the book of Bereshis. The book of Bereshis had been translated into Greek by their father, by the Sanhedrin, by 72 rabbis who each did the same translation. They came to the passage, and you should circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. So they turned, each one turned to the wall. Munbuz turned to the wall and Bezatus turned to the wall. Munbuz began crying facing one wall. Bezatus began crying facing the other wall. And he began to cry. They each cried, what is this? To connect to God, you need a bris and we don't have a bris. They both went and made a secret bris without their father's knowledge. Without their brother's knowledge. After a number of days, again, they were reading Bereshus together. They read, they revised what they had learned. They came to this verse. One of the two brothers says to his friend, Whoa, is to you, my father, brother. I feel bad for you because he thinks I have a bris and you didn't bother. Amar Lay, he says to him, woe is to you. I'm doing good. And each one says that I'm doing good. You're the one in trouble. They revealed to each other. Each one of them had made a secret bris. Their mother, Hilni Hamalka. She's the one who was in Nazira for seven for 21 years. She realized that they both made a bris and she knew they're going to get into big trouble with their father. And she went to told her father. She's got to get permission, retrospect permission from the father for the bris. They have a wart on their flesh. Very dangerous. 
The doctor commanded they should make a bris. So should they obey the doctor or not? Omar lost the Talmud HaMelech says, King Talmud says, they should make a bris. How did Hashem pay him back? When this Bezotus went out to war, they made for him a whole ambush. There was a hole, the enemies had gotten together and made a special ambush to catch him. And a Malach came and saved him. And he brings over here from Sefer Yuchsen, from Sefer Adoidus, that he had amazing success with the Arab kings. And this is the Ramez, this is the hint that Mrs. Talmai, Helni uh, Hamalka, says that there's a Yabelis, they have a wart which the doctor, that they have a wart and the doctor says they need a bris. The wart is they're going to be in danger one day fighting a war. And the only way to save yourself from this danger is to make a bris, as we see that they made a bris and they were saved in a miraculous way from this war. Now, eventually I mentioned this Munbus is one of the two brothers gave all his treasures away to help Jewish people in a time of famine. And there was a debate between him and his brothers and the brother said, you're squandering the treasures. And he said, on the contrary, I'm investing the treasures in the best investment. Now, the Haftoidah this week, we have another story about Monoyach and his wife. His wife was barren and then they got a prophecy from a Malach that they were gonna have a child and he would be Shimshon, he would be a Nazir. So it says in the beginning of the Haftoidah of this week, the Ishtoi Akara Veloyalada. Manayach's wife was barren. She didn't have children. Melame, this teaches us, There was a disagreement between Manayach and his wife. Why don't they have children? Is it his biological problem or her biological problem? Who, he is saying, you're the barren one. That's why you're not having children. And she's saying, you're the barren one. I didn't have children because you're barren. And the truth is, the truth is, Manayach was not barren. It was the wife that was barren. An angel appears to the wife. The wife of Manayach was the more righteous of the two. She was the barren one, but she was the more righteous. She merited that an angel spoke to her. So number one, the angel spoke to her because she is greater. Number two, to make peace between her and her husband. They had friction over who was the cause of not having children. And to tell her, she is the barren one. And the problem with pregnancy was from her. Not the husband. That's why the mouth spoke to her. He goes on now because she saw the Malach, she saw an angel. That's why she's called Hatzalfaini. Why is she called Hatzalfaini? Because she turned to a Malach, to an angel. How does it get to Hatzalfaini? He says, Vein the word solo refers to an angel. He says over here, the commentary brings that seeing a Malach is like shade. Shade, if you see shade, a shadow, ain't by mamish. There's nothing to it, it's not real. It's Marebovat, it's only, it's an illusion. You know, you see a shadow in the, 
you go try to catch the shadow. You can't, you can't catch it. It's not a real thing. It only appears that way. So seeing the Malach is also something that only appears that way. It's not a physical existence. as we say, they came in my shadow. So over there we have Light and his wife. And over there we have Light was the greater tzaddik over a greater tzaddik than his wife. The Malachim came to him and not to her. But over here, between Manayach, so between Light and his wife, Light is the greater tzaddik. Between Manayach and his wife, which we learned in this week's Haftarah, the parents of Shimshain, uh, she, she is the greater tzaddik. So Boha Malach, that's why the Malach came to her. First of all, she's a greater tzaddikist. And also that's why she's called Hatzolo. And not why is she called Hatzolo and not Hatzel? Hatzolo is from the word a shadow. A Malach, because it's not that she had contact with a Malach. But why is it Hatzolo, a double expression? Tzel is a shadow. The woman, Mrs. Manayach, or Tzalafain, as her name is, had a Malach appear to her twice. Achas Bo'ir, once in the city, Achas Basad, and once in the field. Then we have, what does the Malach say to her? The angel, what does he say? The angel says to her, You are barren. You didn't have children. He told her, She's the barren one. That's why she has no children. And this is This will help make peace between her and her husband because they're each accusing the other one of being barren. She would blame her husband for not giving birth. And really she was wrong because she was the barren one. He was biologically fine. Then we say, you'll become pregnant and give birth to a son. Even though you've been barren till now, now you will become pregnant with Vato, Now the Malach goes on to say, he guard yourself. He warned her, don't drink vinegar from wine, vinegar from anything intoxicating, anything soaked in grapes. Now the truth is, these are not the main prohibitions of a Nazar. The goal is, to prevent you from drinking wine. We don't want the Nazar to drink wine, so stay away from all these things that touch on wine. That's why the Pasuk prohibited uh, Mrs. Manoia not only from drinking wine, but from having anything that's close to wine. Don't drink wine or anything intoxicating, literally, as it says, and then, don't eat anything impure. Tomei means Isser, prohibition, that the Torah prohibited for a Nazar, that he can't eat anything connected to wine. Anything from the vine. Don't have grapes, whether they're lachim v'yavashim, moist or dry, anything anything from wine. And also another instruction of a Nazar is he can't shave. As it says in the Pasuk, why do we have the idea is a nozer is not allowed to have a razor on his head. Why do we use the word moira for a razor? The hero is afraid of a razor. A razor totally destroys the hair. You have a scissors, just shortens the hair, but a razor destroys it totally. 
as it says, don't destroy your beard, which is again, cutting it with a razor, which destroys it totally. Then we have, Hashem, the Malach tells Salafinus, Mrs. Manoyach, that their son that'll be born will be a Nazar from birth. It's known before Hashem. Shimshain would have an issue with his eyes. He'd followed his eyes. His eyes caused him to sin. Because Shimshain has a great temptation to women, that's why he was warned not to, they should be a Nazir. He shouldn't drink wine. Wine increases one's temptation. And even if Shimshon was a Nazir, still he followed his eyes. If he would have drank wine, he would have no solution. From because he had this great urge after to chase after women. Then we have it says in the that Hashem tells Manoach and his wife that their son Shimshon is going to begin to save the Jewish people from the Plishtim. He says, the prophecy of Yaakov, who says, Don Yodin Amai, Don will have a judge who will judge his nation. Don will have a judge who's compared to a snake who knocks down the, who bites the horse and the rider falls down. Similarly, Shimshon grabbed the pillars of the building and all the plishtim on top of the building died. Okay, now go back to the story of Atavayoisha, the wife. Mrs. Manoyach Tzalafainis came. And she says to her husband, Lamer, a man of God has come to me. And he looks like a Malach. Very fearful. From here we see that the Shechina rests only on body, 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 good looking people. He says, and the Malach said to me, you'll become pregnant. Now, actually, the Malach also told her that you're the barren one, you're the problem. That she didn't tell her husband. She didn't want to mention. All these years they were having an argument. Who's the barren one? Now she knows she's barren. And that was a message of the Malach. That message he didn't tell her husband. Then it says, the Malach told her, the child will be a Nazar from birth till the day of his death. Now the Malach didn't say to the day of his death. The Malach just said the child will be a Nazar. She added, why? Because she didn't know what was going to be. The Malach who knows that Shimshon is going to lose his Nazirus through the Lila because the Lila convinced him to cut his hair, so he broke his Nazirus. So the Malach did not say, Then we have Manayah Davins Hashem, and he says, Please, Hashem, let the Navi appear to us again. So we have when Manayah Davins Hashem, it's compared to the Lama Nimshot Satsadikim Laoser. Why is the prayer of a tzaddik compared to an osir? An osir, he says in the commentary, is a mazleg, a fork, or a big fork or a big spoon to turn over the grain in the silo. So why is the prayer of a tzaddik referred to compared to an osir, to this fork that turns over the grain? Just like this osir, this big fork or spoon, turns over the grain from one place to the other. 
when a tzaddik davens to Hashem, such as here, Manoyach and his wife daven, it transforms the midas achzorius, the midas achmonis, the nature of cruelty to the nature of mercy. So it makes Hashem have mercy. Then it says, Hashem listened to Manoyach. Manoyach begs Hashem. Manoyach again is Shimshon's father, and he begs Hashem. The Malach should come again. And again, the Malach comes a second time, and again, he comes to Mrs. Manoyach, to Tzalofainet. He comes to the wife a second time. He doesn't appear to the husband. Why does the Malach come to the woman? Why not to Manoyach? Not to disqualify the first words he said to the woman. Because if he would come now to Manoyach, to the husband, it would seem that he was coming to the wife previously, had no purpose. Another explanation why he came twice to the woman, to Mrs. Manoyach, to make him love her more, that he will realize how special she is, that the Malach only appears to her. Then we have Aisha, the woman hurried, and she ran. A tzaddik is always quick. And therefore the woman runs to tell her husband, Mrs. Manoyah, runs to tell her husband the Malach has reappeared. And the Malach has come, the Malach came by day. The next visit of the Malach was the next day. Why is this? Yeah, most people, uh, they started davening straight away, but Manoyach did not start davening for a child until the next morning. As it says, a Pasukin Tehillim, Hashem boiker tishma In the morning you will hear my voice. So Manoyach's main davening is in the morning. The tzaddik is careful with his deeds. And he says, I don't change my word. Manoyach says, Now whatever you promise is going to come true. The Manoyach says, I heard this from the woman before, but still I can't trust him. Maybe she's making a mistake. But now I heard it directly from you. I didn't believe her before. But now that I hear it from you, I'm sure you're saying it exactly correct. And he asks, what kind of Nazirus is he going to have to do? What is his Masayu? What is the mother going to have to do during the pregnancy? And the Malach says, everything I told the woman, she should guard herself. And again, this is to make the husband love her more because the Malach is giving instructions only to her. Then he says, you shouldn't have any grape derivatives and that doesn't tummy, uh, grapes, everything I commanded you should do. Anyway, Manoyach now says to the Malach, let us hold you back. And uh, we want to make you, uh, we want to make Shecht and give you, uh, have a meal with you. Manoyach says, what is Natsrano? What is the word Natsrano? Manoyach says, Atsurim we have been barren. As it says, Ki Otsar Otsar Hashem Bad Hashem closed every woman for Abimelech's family, Abimelech's uh, subjects when they took Sodom. So we were barren. Now you're telling us that we'll have abundant 
easy birth. You told us we're going to have children. Now we want to make a festival. As it says by Yemashmini, and we'll make you a young goat. You made us happy and let us make you happy with a goat because Simcha needs basar. And the Malach says, even if you hold me back, I won't eat your bread. The Malach says, as a Navi of Hashem, we, Nevi'im don't get paid for their prophecy. Then he goes on to say, Im if you want to make a carbon oil, make it for Hashem. The Malach tells him that, yes, you should make a carbon oil for Hashem. For the good news, as you find by Avram, when he is told that he's going to have a son Yitzchak, he made a carbon for the good news. Then it says, Manoyach did not know this was a Malach. It says, his wife said, His wife said he looks like a Malach. So she thought that Manoyach realized it's a Malach. Nevertheless, Manoyach is he's inviting him to eat. Why is he inviting him to eat? Because Manoyach thinks, does Manoyach think that Malachim eat? No. And the reason is, he didn't know it's a Malach. Manoyach thought this was a human being, and that's why he invited him to eat. If he would realize it was a Malach, he wouldn't tell him to eat. He knew that Malachim can't eat. Why didn't he know? From here we see that when a Novi goes in a Shlichas of Hashem, Ruach HaKadosh rests on him, and he puts fear in everybody's eyes. Everybody's afraid of them because they were like Malachim. And why now? If the, so, we say the Malach can't eat, but we know the Malachim, when they came to visit Avram and Sarah, they did eat. How come this Malach doesn't want to eat? So he says, those Malachim, when they came, they came like wayfarers, they came like travelers. And Avram, you know, he invited them, he thought they were travelers, and they don't want to break the meaning of travelers, so they ate with him. And the shlichas of Malachim, they first said after they finished eating. So at the time of the meal, he thought they were humans. And it's not right to get schar for a shlichas. It doesn't look like they're getting schar for the shlichas because a meal they got as guests. And then when they gave him the news that he's going to have a son, there was no further reward. But this Malach who right away comes with the shlichas, if right now he would eat with Manoach, it would look like Manoach, he's getting paid for his shlichas. So Manoach says to the Malach, Mi, Mi what's your name? Manoach again doesn't know as a Malach, he asks his name. He says, When your word comes true, we want to honor you. Manoach says, tell me your name and we'll ask where you'll we'll find you when your prophecy comes true and we'll give you a gift. The Chibadnucha refers to a gift, as it says by Bilam, that Bolak says, I'll give you plenty of honor, which means a lot of gifts. By Hashem, the Malach says to Manoya, why are you asking my name? The Malach says, You don't need my name. You're never going to see me again. You want to know my name, so that the next time you see me, you'll recognize me, you'll never see me again. This is the last time we're meeting. And this is what the Pasuk says, Vahu Peli. What does it mean, Vahu Peli? He's saying that it's covered. You'll never have this meet us again. As it says, Pliodas me many, it is beyond me to know, which means, again, the idea of Peli is that you will never meet me again. 
Another pshat, who Peli, the Malach says, don't ask my name, it's Peli. The Malach says, I don't know how to tell you my name because as I get a sh different shlichas from Hashem, our name changes. The amazing missions Hashem sends us, he gives us a, a name according to the mission of the day. Another pshat, who Peli, that the Malach's name is Peli. Since his shlichus is to make Shimshon a Nazir, and a Nazir is from the word Kiyafli Hafla. So my name is Peli because my job is to make Shimshon a Nazir. Now, another amazing Medrash on this week's Sedra is on the issue of drinking wine. Now, according to the Medrash, the downfall of Shlomo Hamelech, that he married all these wives and they gave him a lot of trouble and they gave Hashem a lot of trouble. And it actually says in Tanakh that Shlemi served idols. The Gemara says that Shlemi never served idols. He just couldn't stop his wives. So this is the Pasuk that says over this idea of drinking wine, Divrei Lamuel Melech. So we have now a new name for Shlemi, Lemuel. Lama Nikra Shlemi Lemuel. Why does the Pasuk in Mishle call Shlemi? We know his name is Shlemi. Why is he called Lemuel? spent years building the base of The night he finished building the base of he married the daughter of Pari, which this was the biggest mistake of Shlomay Hamela. And he made this mistake on the same night of the, of the dedication of the base of there was on one hand, there was the rejoicing, Jews were rejoicing that they finished the Beis HaMikdash. And Salas Bas Pari, there was rejoicing, there was the wedding of Shlomo and Pari's daughter. Which was the livelier of the two events? The Simchas Bas Pari, the noise from the marriage of Shlomo with Bas Pari was Yaiser Mitzalas Beis HaMikdash. Was more noisy than the noise of the building of the Beis HaMikdash. And that's what it says, Masla, Everybody flatters the king. Which means people came to celebrate with Shlomo's wedding to flatter him. Now, why is he called Lemuel? What is the message of the name Shlomo is called Lemuel according to the Paskin Mishli? That night when he married Pari's daughter, he threw away the yoke of heaven. He says Lemuel is who needs God? Now, obviously, Shlomo is committed to keep tight and miss But by your marrying Pare's daughter, you're throwing away God. At that moment, when Shlomo decided to marry Pare's daughter, the night before the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash, also, Hashem decided that one day we're going to destroy Yerushalayim which means that before the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash, the day before the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash, already came the plan to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. Hadod, this is the Pasuk in Yermio that says, Ki api on my anger was this city from the day it was founded to today. Because the night before the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash was the wedding of Shlomi and Basparai. The Rabbanon say that a thousand types of music the Baspare brought in, the daughter of Pare Bisya brought in, and he was commanding to sing for him that night. And she was saying, This is the way you sing. For this Avedizara, this is the way you sing. For this Avedizara. Yep. So now she made a special curtain with all sorts of diamonds 
and precious stones, which was shining like stars and planets. And as Shlomo wanted to get up, he would look in the window and he would see this curtain and he would see that all the stars are shining, all the planets are shining. So he was sleeping till four hours, till 10 a.m. And everybody's waiting to go to the Beis HaMikdash and Shlomo HaMelech is fast asleep. It is about that hour that we learned that there was a story that the Tomid was brought four hours into the day. And the Yidin were very sad. It was the day of the Hanukkah's Beis HaMikdash. And they wanted to get the Beis HaMikdash, but they couldn't get to the Beis HaMikdash because Shleim is asleep and he's got the key. And everybody, they were afraid to wake him because of the fear of the king. So they went and told Bathsheba, the mother of Shleim, your son, the king, he we're building this amazing Beis HaMikdash and it's the time of the dedication and your son, your Beitschik is fast asleep. So his mother Bathsheba went to wake him up. And she rebuked him. The rebuke that Shlomo's mother rebuked him. He rebuked him. She rebuked him for being late to the dedication of Beis HaMikdash, for marrying the daughter of Pari the night before the dedication. It means his mother tied him to a pillar and whipped him. It doesn't mean that she physically whipped him, but it means she rebuked him. She said to him, what's with you, my son? Everybody knows your father, David, was a God-fearing man. What are people going to say? You have negative traits. Where'd you get it from? They'll say, you know why he's negative traits? You know why he overslept? You know why he married Baspara? He's got this rotten mother, Bathsheba. So everybody's going to blame all your faults on me because everybody knows your father's a tzaddik. Umabar bitni, your son of my womb. The women of your father's house. When they became pregnant, they wouldn't see the king again. I pushed and got in. That the son should be more healthy. And my son of my vows. What do I mean, the son of my vows? Call Nashim Shell, base of Yehovah. All the women were saying, We're making vows if we get a son who's worthy of being a king. And I would say, I make a vow. I want to have a son who's dedicated to learning Torah and worthy of being a Novi. I'm not interested. He's a king. He's not a king. I want him to learn Torah. I want him to be connected to Hashem. So now you're my son, and everybody's going to say that your failings come from me. Don't give your strength to women. Don't chase adultery. Neshoyimah didn't chase adultery. He married these women, but nevertheless, don't chase women. They wreck the mind of a person. As it says, the one who pastures an adulterous woman will lose their treasures. Whereas it goes to Paskin Mishle, Drochecha, Lam Chais Melochim. The Torah warns and says, The Torah says a king should not have too many wives. He, so Bathsheba says, He's Be careful what the Torah says. These words of the Torah, if a king has too many wives, too many horses, too much money, this is the way to Lim Chais Melochim in Ireland. That's the way to erase the king from the world. Please don't go to the king's Lamuel. 
What are you associating with the Goyesha kings? The Goyesha kings say, And you're going to drink wine and be like these Goyesha kings. Kings should not drink wine. Are you comparing yourself to the Goyesha kings who drink wine and they get shikha and they get drunk? They do disgusting acts. Don't act like them. Don't drink wine because it leads to all negative things. And the Roiznim, where is the intoxicating beverage? Call me you, my son, the, all the secrets of the world are revealed to you. And Yishte Yayin Vishtaka Shlaima was such a brilliant guy, expert in all areas of Taita. You're going to drink wine and get drunk. And he goes on a Pasuk in Mishlein, his mother tells him, in case he will drink, he will forget the laws of Hashem. She says, if you drink wine, you will forget the words of Torah that are engraved. Because of Baham and the Torah, it's written, do not commit adultery, and you're being attracted to women. Not adultery, but still, he's being attracted to women. If you drink wine, if you hang around too much with women, you will change the laws of all the poor people, which means as a king from the house of David, you're in charge of judgment. She says to him, judgment has been handed over to the kingdom of the house of David. As it says, judge judgment in the morning. If you drink wine, You'll mess up the judgment of all poor people. If you drink wine, the one who's supposed to lose the case, you'll make him win. The one who's supposed to win, you'll make him lose. A judge who drank at a vias, which is about 86 mil of wine, should not judge. If a chacham, a rog, drank at a vias of wine, al yoyde. And therefore, she says, "My son, Shlomo, don't be if don't go astray from a bit of wine." Generally, Shlomo had three names, which is Yedidia, the friend of Hashem. Hashem chose him at birth. Kehelas, which is he says, Kehelas is at the end when he says all the foolish things he did. Ushlomo, that he had Shalim Yibayam of days, peace in his days. Rabbi Shulman Levi says Shiva. There's seven names. Which is also Agor, Binyakal, Amuel, and Etiel, and we'll explain them. Amen of Shmuel Bar Nachman, the Iker of Tinnana. Shalem Shleisha, the main names of Shleimah is three. You did your Kehelas and Shleimah. Reb Shmuel, this is all, by the way, from the Medrash of this week's Parsha, nothing. Reb Shmuel said, but Reb Nachman says that the other four as well are not his main names, but he's nicknamed with them because they all have a drush. Why is he called Agar Sh'agar Divrei Teira? Here Shlomo gathered lots of Teira. He was an expert in Teira. Yako, why is he called Yako Sheheki Divrei Teira? He had all this Teira and he spit it out. like this jug, you fill it and then you empty it. Instead of keeping the Teira that he had, he emptied it because he didn't get the message. He didn't act according to what he learned. Shonom, he learned them, lokel in his heart. Omar, he said, For me, there's no problem. It says, don't have too many wives, you won't sin. I'm a brilliant guy. I'll be able to have a lot of wives, and I won't sin. 
Etio, what is Etio Shamar? Eti Kel, Hashem is with me. Yesh I have the strength to overcome my Yitzhah. My wives will not turn my heart. And it says, I'm the kings were commanded three commands not to have too many wives, not to have too many horses, not to have too much gold and silver. And don't say that I'll be able to do it and not sin. No, kings don't drink wine. This is concerning a nausea by Parsha Saita that everybody should have to be very careful. Wine is dangerous for all the Parsha of Nazir. But a king more than anybody should see Kings especially is very dangerous for a king to drink wine. And all powerful people. Why is it so dangerous for kings and power people to drink wine? They shouldn't come lead and destroy the world. Anybody shouldn't drink wine. Why specifically kings? Every human being should be careful from wine not to drink and mess up. But the problem is, a king can drink wine and do anything he desires, and no one will stop them. And that's why for a king, drinking wine is much more dangerous than for the average person. He'll drink, he'll forget the laws. He will forget what the Torah commanded, the chukim shal Torah. He will mess up the law of all poor people. That's why the Taita puts Saita after Nazir, because Yayin causes adultery, causes all sorts of trouble. As we see, says, I am a fool, I didn't learn from Ish. Nayach came out of the table and he had some wine, and because of wine, he messed up. I should have learned a lesson from Nayach. Shlemi says, I should have learned from Nayak not to drink wine. I didn't learn. I should have learned from Adam Arishay not to drink wine. Adam Arishay ate the Eitz and according to this Medrash, the Eitz Hadas was wine. Because he drank wine, the whole world was cursed. As Rebavan says that Chava poured wine for him and he drank. As it says, and it says, uh, red wine looks very good. But, and I didn't learn because wherever it says yayin in the Torah, it has a negative effect. Wherever you find wine, drunkenness, people stumble. And then Shlemi has another Pasuk in Mishlein. He says, I know the, the minds of the holy. Somebody wants to make himself holy, not to stumble. He should stop himself from drinking wine. And I messed up. And that's why it says Parsha Nazar after Parsha Saita. Okay, it's already um, way after 45 minutes. I think that we'll leave it at this, open for questions. And next week, just to mention now, next week's Haftarah has the story of Zerubbabel and Yeshua Kayengado, which has some amazing stories. So next week, I'm hoping to do from the Haftoida, next week's one of the most amazing Haftoidas. Why Yeshua Kayin Godel is called Ud Mutzel a log saved from the fire. And through Bubble and Yeshua Kayin Godel building the second base Hamikdash, which we will do next week in Yurt Sashem.